immigration is, I think, the 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 fuel of why the tech e economy is humming in, in Canada, and particularly in certain cities. It's fueled by immigrants. And I think it's our biggest advantage is our country brand is so strong and the <laughs> immigrants are feeling so welcomed here. Hello, hello, hello. I am very, very, very excited today because I have the Sunil Sharma joining me. And Sunil, before we start, let me just set this up, if you please. Sunil Sharma is the managing director of Techstars Toronto Accelerator, Techstars' first accelerator program in Canada. Previously, Sunil was founder of Extreme Startups, managed a Canadian consulate in California, and worked as a venture capitalist. Sunil has taken on the co-organizer role of one of the largest tech and startup conference in the world, Toronto's own collision, and one of my personal favorite, and is the co-host of Web Summit in Lisbon, where last month I witnessed him introduce some of the world's biggest movers and shakers to the stage. Sunil, thank you so much for joining us today. Todd, great to be here, Chris. Thank you so much for that. Fantastic, fantastic. So tell me, let's start here. Tell me about what you do with Techstars. Right, so, you know, Techstars is a uh, global investment fund. We've invested in about 3,000 companies around the world. Um, I had always been a fan of Techstars. You know, I heard about it more than 10 years ago when I was living in California and sort of these tech accelerators and these new models to... Um, invest in and support entrepreneurs were taking shape in the US and, and since then have now spread, of course, all around the world. And uh, the Techstars model is, is quite interesting in that we, we operate accelerators in many cities and, and countries around the world. Um, and we operate with relatively small class sizes, um, usually 10 companies, more recently we've increased it to 12. And it's just a great way to invest some money and support entrepreneurs that are doing big things, thinking really big, and uh, be part of their journey, um, whether it's over a few years or many, many years. And uh, if we do a good job in selecting companies, then we, of course, are able to be uh, smart investors and participate in uh, a company's growth from essentially very early stage company to sometimes very massive exited companies, publicly listed tech companies that, we, um, that we've uh, gotten to know and love around the planet. That's awesome. I mean, we, we, we chatted a little bit when we were in Lisbon, uh, especially for Halloween dinner and had a great time. And um, and I know Toronto has so many great startups. Like, I mean, Toronto's one of those cities that's just on fire and I've got, you know, nothing but respect for that. But one thing that I thought was interesting is you also focus on international firms and to, you know, a lot of the companies you were talking about are also, you know, not just Toronto based, but also in, in the, the Ukraine and Africa. Can you tell me any really memorable companies that you're working with, maybe either right now or in the, the past, um, that, uh, you know, really sing out that we should be aware of? Yeah, so I, uh, one of the uh, advantages of uh, being an investor in a, in a fund like Techstars is really we aren't limited by geography. And the world is a big place. Canada is a fantastic country, but we're a relatively small market, small population. And there are, you know, burgeoning entrepreneurs all over the world and hubs. Um, forming. So some examples, um, a couple of years ago, I happened to be in New York City, attending a tech event. And in the audience, I was I was on a very small panel, just myself and another colleague talking about, you know, things related to what we're talking about right now. And there was a group of startups from Eastern Europe that had traveled, they had been organized and brought over. And after, uh, immediately after my talk, it was the networking drinks. And I met, I met a group of these founders. And, uh, you know, I really got to see some great entrepreneurs from countries like Poland and Lithuania, um, Latvia, Estonia, and I decided the next morning before flying home to Toronto to hold some quick office hours and meet, meet, get to know them a little more. 
And there was one company from uh, Poland called CarScanner. And the founder was just a dynamic young man and actually had a lot of uh, personal experience visiting Canada as a young kid uh, doing um, mountain biking and, and kind of participating in our West Coast lifestyle in BC. And just like, because I was from Canada, we really hit it off. But, uh, but at the same time, he had an incredible product that he was showing me on his phone, which basically allows um, companies to digitize cars, you know, scan vehicles uh, very accurately, very quickly, detect paint uh, thickness, which could be an indication of bodywork or, you know, the real quality of the vehicle, which of course is really interesting for online car sales. And now we're seeing this growth of uh, companies that are essentially taking the dealership, the used car, new car model into a completely online experience where we're buying these massive purchases just from a few thumbnail pictures that we see on sort of some Kijiji or auto trader um, platforms in some cases. So this company in a way is like the picks and shovels for the for the uh, rise of marketplace um, e-commerce for vehicles. And, and actually, I think they've timed it perfectly. They're based in Krakow, Poland. Um, at least that's where the operations are. But we flipped the company to be based in Canada as a headquarters. Mm. And the founder is actually hoping to move and live here. Um, and, and basically, when you, when you do things like that, you start to see uh, many multinational companies take shape. So CarScanner is an example. Um, the engineering uh, capacity of the people of Poland is quite, quite high. The, uh, the cost advantages uh, are, are quite favorable, especially when you compare to the US or parts of Europe or even Canada. So it's kind of like a win-win. And that's just one example of, uh, you know, investing from Toronto, finding great entrepreneurs. And they were just a joy to have in our tech search program, even though it was done largely uh, remotely by Zoom. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I got to meet, a, um, when again, when we were in uh, Lisbon, I got to meet a couple of the people that you said, hey, these are, you know, people you should look at, uh, look into. And it was an interesting conversation because some were from Africa, um, some from Eastern Europe, and one was uh, New York, New York, or somewhere Eastern, Eastern Seaboard base. But it was interesting to hear about the, you know, the, the, the interest they had in the lifestyle. I mean, it always comes down to lifestyle for Canada, doesn't it? Which is, which, which is an interesting thing, but how, you know, you being, um, you know, an expert on the startup side and can bring the talent in. Um, so anyhow, I, I just thought it was interesting how, how, how people are, um, you know, or Techstars is looking to, uh, you know, beyond just the breadth of Toronto. And I think that's wonderful. Well, is there any, is there any like, you know, I mean, you've been doing Techstars for a while. Is there any large companies that we, that we are aware of that came through the program? Well, I mean, that's. The, uh, are you aware of them? Well, either you, you, you I think you will be. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, you just mentioned Africa, which to me is a, a really interesting topic. If I could go there for just a second, because Please. now um, I've I've had I've been able to make thirteen investments into African mm -hmm. startup companies or companies that are you know entirely uh, focused on the African. Uh, continent uh, from this Toronto platform. And I, mm -hmm. I feel that's really interesting for a few reasons. Number one, of course, I'm not African. I have no experience in Africa <laughs> myself, uh, but I certainly can appreciate the market opportunity and the, um, you know, just the sheer number of people, the youthful population, and how rapidly um, these these economies and countries are, are, are essentially coming online and, and doing things, um, you know, very much in the spirit of, of global innovation models and, and technology. And so there was a company just a few years back uh, called CoraPay that had simply just applied to the Techstars Toronto program. We have an, we have an open application process and, and really any company can, can start and fill out a, 
you know, an, an, an expression of interest to join Techstars. We ask them for some basic information about themselves and their teams and their business model, and then upload a team video. And I, I, this one from Nigeria caught my eye, the very dynamic um, CEO. And I started to just, you know, look around on YouTube and watched him um, give some talks at various places. Um, his name is Dixon Nostafor. And he also had a little bit of a background in the United Nations, which is, I have a background in the UN. So I was intrigued by that and ended up um, selecting this company, CoraPay. And they came over to, to Toronto and they just made such an enormous impression on the mentors, on the uh, investors. They, they did raise a, a seed round of financing, which included some investment from uh, Canadian and local VCs, which is not what you normally see for an African tech company. Mm -hmm. That company uh, has really grown and become you know, one of the leading fintech companies in Africa, but, but it's also led to you know, many more investments that have kind of been um, one after another leading up to now 13 investments. And I really credit uh, Dixon and uh, the experience we had with CoraPay. Um, and so to answer your question, you know, like there's a following CoraPay, we invested in a company called Quidax, again, from our Toronto program. And it happens to be the second largest cryptocurrency exchange in Africa. Mm -hmm. And so here we would know, you know, exchanges like um, well, there, there's in the U.S. there's BitMEX and 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 other large platforms, um, but in Africa, where the adoption of digital digital assets, digital currencies, is really outpacing anywhere else in the world, and it kind of makes sense because you have a lot of volatility in in um, currencies, domestic currencies, the Nigerian naira, for example, and you have a huge population that's very young, and is becoming kind of digital first, and so. There's a lot of uh, inherent advantages to people just wanting to have some of their financial assets in, in digital money. And for that, you need an exchange. And so it happens to be that this Toronto-based company, Quidax, is one of the largest exchanges in one of the largest economies in the world now, at least by number of people. So I think we'll see more, more like that. And we these 13 companies that we have uh, from Africa are, are truly uh, exciting and, and changing the lives of people across the continent, and we're we're in almost all cases we've we've uh, incorporated them here in Canada, which allows them to also take advantage of opportunities here, whether it's to work or to live or to hire people, uh, and and be part of uh, the North American um, ecosystem, but using Canada as like a beachhead for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, we, 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 again, when we were in Lisbon, we, we chatted a bit about this because I was really intrigued about the African angle because I spent I spent a, you know, a bunch of time in Africa. And, you know, what you're describing is so what I witnessed, like, uh, you know, for example, Zimbabwe, you know, they're, they're selling the currency as a joke because, you know, it's, hey, here's your trillion dollar bill. You know, it's it's almost it's, it's a joke. And also the thing, you know, and I'm just using you know, Zimbabwe as an example, but each country has its different challenges and its different opportunities. Um, but you know, I saw every single person there seemed to have three cell phones and they were using them to the advantage based on the time zone of, and all this. And, and, and it made me think, wow, you know, they don't have, they don't have the, the guardrails of the old networks that block them or, or anchor them down. So, and, and you're bang on, there's so much youth and so much opportunity. Um, that, that I would, it, it's somewhere that instantly made me think I'd like to do business here. So I, I do see why you'd see, you know, great value in, in, um, you know, seeking more. And also I think it's a market that isn't really, you know, understood. And so Toronto yeah. tech stars with, you know, with the great name brand with Canada, with the great name brand as well. I think there's a great opportunity for even more penetration. And I'm glad you're, you're leading the charge there. That that's, that's awesome. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, to some degree, it's also just uh, allows people to, um, uh, you know, take advantage of their if their own interests in asset diversification, portfolio diversification. Mm -hmm. We we know that we should be participating in fast growing markets all around the world. It's hard to do that in the tech asset class, if, especially mm -hmm. with private companies, private startups. It's hard to discover them, feel comfortable in their teams, their legal structures. So when you have um, a, a well-known investment fund like a Techstars, or there's 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 definitely others. Um, you mm -hmm. can sort of understand that that's a nice way to invest locally or in your own into a company that's incorporated in your own country. Mm -hmm. But in fact, you're 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 getting exposure to a part of the world which is growing way faster than than the home markets are. Invest locally, think globally. I, I dig that. I think I think that's just awesome. Well, you know, I want to touch before we go into the, the the you know a little bit more of the history of the great things that you've done. I want to I want to touch on Web Summit because I had so much so much fun, and the thing that blew me away was you know I was expecting oh you know uh, Patty would be introducing people or whatever, but there's two amazing Canadians, you and Casey Lau, introducing all of the biggest people. And it's like. Oh my gosh, I, I had no idea that this was going to be such a, uh, you know, a Canadian moment of the world witnessing talent uh, from you. But um, who was the biggest person that you introduced? Like, was there anyone that you were nervous to, to introduce at the Web Summit? Oh, no, I mean, first of all, it's just it's just something Casey and I kind of happened into um, more more so me because I'm more of a of a, a volunteer and just a champion of this conference Web Summit and Collision um, and, and just was really um happy when I saw that collision had a had a had made the decision to come to Canada and operate out, out of this city uh, here in Toronto for at least for a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, Casey is of course the um uh, you know works for the, the web summit entity and runs mm -hmm. their their uh, Asian conference rise. But as far as speakers and like you know the star power, I mean I'm I'm usually um I'm sitting backstage, you know, just uh introducing different different speakers. And sometimes, you know, like if you have the president of Microsoft, like Brad Smith, and I know, I know he's there. And we get it's it's just the little uh conversations you have in the behind while we're getting mic'd up and, and I'm just kind of sometimes just asking for uh name pronunciation uh clarity, <laughs> which speakers are always appreciative of. And but you know, I, I'm I'm there in my capacity as uh, the the MD for TechStars, and I'm all, I'm always trying to find an angle or an opportunity where you know this this person this this person's company would be of some value to the companies that we're that I'm actually uh, investing in either at this moment or in the in the past, um, and also to try to play up the the idea of coming to Collision, come to Canada in the summertime in June and. And be part of our ecosystem, and and um, I, I see the uh, the net benefits to uh, from an economic development point of view to to having that happen because these are CEOs and and decision makers of either midsize or very large size companies, and they can be quite persuaded by a good experience in a city mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, where they kind of take notice of, uh, of what's happening, what's going on. And they don't always know. Uh, it's not always understood what's happening in, in say a city like Toronto or in the case of Web Summit in Lisbon. And it can lead to a, a decision to open an office, hire a hundred people, uh, make some strategic investments. Um, and usually it's, the, it's, their, um, it's their experience meeting people who are local, like people in the tech ecosystem or other Canadians or, or entrepreneurs, investors, and they start to think, you know, this is this is interesting, and it's, it, you know, why aren't we thinking of here? We were we were thinking of our North American expansion in some American city, and so it kind of leads to economic development 
um, outcomes that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think is a real reason why these, uh, these events matter, apart from just being fun and a good learning experience. No, I, I agree. I mean, you know, one of the best one of the best lessons I heard on the on, on the podcast here was actually one of the and I'm just I'm just I'm actually drawing a blank as to who said it, which really is embarrassing me. Um, it was Vancouver local. Um, uh, I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to get my my embarrassment little asterisk there and, and work that through. But um, he said when he came in for the round of investment, they took they took a large round. They actually talked to the Vancouver Economic Commission because they knew they had three big investors coming up from the valley. So why not highlight Vancouver? at the same time. And that actually led to exactly what you're saying, where they actually set up shop here too, uh, a, a few of them. And it's like, because then, you know, those groups start explaining, hey, this is the net positive of being here. So I I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, as an ambassador um, and also having a voice, I mean, you're talking, I mean, you're talking about presidents of companies. I see it's presidents of countries that are there too. I mean, there is some pretty powerful people and, you know, professional soccer players. And, and um, well, can you tell me, I mean, I saw, I saw one amazing experience I got to see of you where I realized, wow, you have a, you know, this is a volunteer role, but you have a good volunteer role when, when there was a mixologist mixing drinks for you and getting to, you know, you got to be the guinea pig of him making some amazing drinks, I got to say, but what, what was, what was the most interesting experience that happened to you at uh, Web Summit? Um, I, you know, I think it was just some of the, uh, the dinners that we get to have, um, in the evenings and some of the networking, um, investors that are at the top of their game from some of the largest funds, uh, in the world. And, and the, the idea that you can sort of talk to them quickly and, and say that, you know, we've got a great portfolio of companies, uh, for you to look at. Um, and then for that to actually, you know, we exchange numbers, there's WhatsApp messages, um, you know, messaging with, you know, I, I definitely, there's some of the star power and, um, uh, you know, having, having um, some of the, you know, the Hollywood types that are also expanding into um, innovation tech and kind of using their, their stature as a spokesperson um, for, um, you know, for, for promoting a cause, you know, promoting the, the opportunities for women and girls in tech. Um, it's always great to hear that. And when you step outside your, you know, your, your core role as being some, you know, an actor or actress. But I think for me, really, it's just the, uh, the, the exchange of numbers and then the quick link of a, of a website. And then if, if it, the polite ask, if, if you wouldn't mind, if I could make an introduction to the CEO, they would, they would love to talk to you. It happened as recently today, um, someone I met at Web Summit, who's a, a, a very important um, in, uh, founder and entrepreneur in, in health tech and digital health innovation. Um, we happened to have a conversation about Africa again, and mm -hmm. he told me how much he had, uh, how much admiration he had in for the country of Rwanda. He had made multiple trips there and over the years. And I just happened to see this morning, early this morning, on social media that he's in Rwanda. That somebody tweeted that uh, um, uh, his, his name is Ali, and he's mm -hmm. uh, his company is Babylon Health, and he he happens mm -hmm. to be in Rwanda today. And I quickly called into action. I I have a startup in Rwanda, of course. I I I wrote to him and I made a. I asked Ali if he, if he wouldn't mind um, uh, having a, a connection. He said, For, "Of course." I made a WhatsApp group, and they went and met. So my my entrepreneur as as a good um, African uh, business development uh, hustle. A hustler, he went and, and somehow got a car, went to this place, they had a quick meeting and, you know, it may lead to something, it may not, but it's just nice that all this can happen if you stay in touch with people and if they have a, you know, if they believe you're, you're doing things for the right reason, they'll usually open to, to take meetings. 
That's awesome. I mean, connections matter, right? But what's even more important is never burning people because then it allows you to do these type of things. Like that's super, super, super important that always do things with, 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 with an open heart. So people are always happy. You know, if the, you, you can build trust. I, I think that's awesome. And you know what, I wish I was in Rwanda and got to meet them today. Cause that would be, that would be amazing. Uh, that would be amazing. Well, you know what, um, we talked about web summit and I had, I had so much fun. And also I had so much fun being part of, you know, team Canada, I'll, I'll call it that, um, you know, of just getting to meet people from Toronto and, uh, and Montreal and, 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 and learning all that, but as good as web summit is, and, and I did enjoy it. Collision is the best conference. Like uh, Collision is where it's at in my mind. And I am so excited about uh, about the upcoming Collision. Can you tell me how you got involved in w- with Collision? Yeah, so I actually had just been attending Collision as a as a delegate. You know, uh, my my you know, I guess orientation to find startups from outside the home market. I feel my view is that I feel like in Canada, you know, we're a bit over networked. We, we, there's a lot of events and I, I found myself generally meeting up with the same people many, many times over and over. And so the world's a big place. And there are a few gatherings, of course, that where you, you, you can see a tremendous number of uh, people from who are doing great things. Collision happened to be a great conference at the time. It was in Las Vegas. It had run there a couple of years. I had gone both times Then they had shifted it to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Bono had a had a role in that because uh, the you know the the conference itself is is based in Ireland in Dublin Ireland, mm-hmm. and Patty Cosgrave as you mentioned is the CEO and founder of it and uh, he had been convinced to go to New Orleans which is a lovely place to visit and and uh, and and um, have have a few good drinks and listen to some music and all that but it doesn't really have the depth of a tech ecosystem that say Toronto has. And so I had sort of planted an idea that if, if this, if the conference is looking for a new home, I would like to um, recommend that Toronto be that. And um, a few months had passed and I, I had gotten a message from Patty that he happens to just be on a plane le- flying to Toronto for the first time. And um, I actually didn't know he was coming, uh, but I, I saw him. He must have been using the Wi-Fi on the plane, and uh, I messaged him right away. And I offered to pick him up at the airport. Awesome. And so he, <laughs> he agreed to that. I went and I picked him up. He just walked out of the terminal, and the first meeting we had was with mayor, the mayor of Toronto. He had already set up a meeting, and I had wow. offered to join him at it. Um, and um, so we had a great meeting, talked about the vision of the conference. And at the end, Mayor Tory had pointed to me and said, "Sunil, it's your job to show this man the best possible." A time you can have over the next two days mm-hmm. and um so we you know we toured around we visited the the venues the convention centers we met a few other people i i held a pop-up uh tech gathering for him on the uh rooftop of the of the uh of the uh office that i had was in at that time and just you know invited put the word out to some of the startups that we work with and and it was just great so it turned out that collision ended up deciding to come to toronto and it was uh it was kind of at the expense of some other U.S. cities that were also vying for it. So we we got the opportunity, and it was a coalition of of uh, efforts from different people from the mayor's office and some of the economic development agencies and whatnot. And so now we have it. So and as a result of that, I was asked to be the co-host. So I, I took that on, and I'm just uh, I agree with you. It is a it is a great event. It's going to really energize the city of Toronto in June. Great time to have it. Uh, we're expecting at the current the current estimate is thirty three thousand people um, to attend in person, and that's obviously quite a large event. It might even get bigger than that. Um, and there's already you know a high likelihood that there'll be no space left to book, and all the booths for all the startups will be will be taken up at some point. But in, but in, but beyond that, just to attend it and uh, and the meetings you can have. Um, 
it's it's a lot of fun and I highly recommend it. And I, I highly recommend it too. I mean, I, the thing that I found was most interesting when I went, okay, was, I mean, I love, was the, the what's it called the, the brewery district or whatever, where, where the, the parties were at the night. What's this? Yeah, the distillery. District? The distillery, yeah. pardon me. Awesome. I mean, because there's so many different uh, places and you just walk from one to the other and meet people. And I talked to as many American um, VC types that, that were up there because I want to know why they come to Canada. Why, why do you want to come here instead of, you know, down in the valley? And I got some really interesting answers, which is they had no idea. This is the commonality that I got that I'm going to stitch together. But this is the theme that I heard from almost all of them was they had no idea how many amazing startups were up here. And on top of that, they wouldn't know unless this existed. So they are definitely going to be coming back because they saw a huge value in recognizing that, wow, there's a lot of good opportunity up here. Um, you know, being, being Toronto, you know, across Canada, the whole bit. And that made me kind of take it up and get noticed that, you know what, we, it's not just a Valley thing. We should be proud of what we're producing because people are seeing it as, as, as an equal, uh, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think even Patty, when he landed, it was his first time and we were driving into the city from the airport and he stopped me at some point in our conversation when he started to really under- look at the skyline here and all the buildings we were driving by on on uh, on the Gardner and Lakeshore. And he thought, mm-hmm. you know, this is, a, this is an actual city. Like, this is a real city. I had no idea the city was this big. And I think that's true for a lot of people who haven't been up is that it is a big city. And I mean, even on North American standards, Toronto is the fourth largest city in North America, and that includes Mexico. So you have mm-hmm. Mexico City, New York, and Los Angeles, and we're bigger than Chicago and, and uh, all the other cities in the US. So that's not a, that's not necessarily understood by everybody, but it's also a city that's you know becoming more and more well-known and appreciated for a lot of different reasons um, from there, you know, including arts and entertainment, including music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, just even recently at the, at the uh, um, it, it was the American Music Awards or the, um, trying to remember, it wasn't the Grammys. It was, you know, we have, again, the perennials, the Drakes and the Weekends and Justin Bieber. And often you'll see Sean Mendez and Michael Buble and many others that are Canadian and, and Torontonian homegrown, like music success stories of the highest order. Sports, you know, we have the, all, obviously the teams, the, you know, the Jays and the Leafs and the Raptors. And it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an exciting place to be. Um, and people are are aware of that more and more now. But when they come in the environment of a massive tech gathering, it, it really makes an impact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's why um, it's it's important to host these kind of events. And right. I think the economic impact of something like a collision can be far greater than you know one and done sporting event, even something as big as like well we had the Pan Am Games, but of even even Olympics. I think I think these this is the new way to bring economic growth and awareness to, to um, a city or country. Yeah, um, long, long-term too. Like this is, this is an over years investment. And you know, what was also amazing about, about the, the collision though, was the fact that Toronto was doing so well in the world series of the baseball or the basketball at the same time. I remember standing out there going, no, 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 I got to watch the game. I was standing in the rain. They had a game going outside before I, I before I went to the distillery, they, um, they, it wasn't the, the, the final game wasn't then, but the, the about, about to be the final game and Toronto was just kicking butt at that time. So uh, um, that was fun. Yeah, Even though I would the NBA games. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. not, not that I, I, you know, ever since they moved the Grizzlies, I, I actually disdain the NBA. I used to go to the Grizzlies game all the time and, you know, mm-hmm. to cheer for, for big country was painful, but uh, you know, um, you move them to Memphis, whatever, mm-hmm. go Toronto. We are the North. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, well, you know what, speaking of that, so are you, 
are you originally from Toronto? Because I know you went to UVic. Is there, there there's some cross Canada here? Uh, tell me, where, where are you from originally? Yeah, no, I was actually born in Edmonton. My parents are immigrants. Uh, they immigrated from India. My dad came to uh, do a, a, a PhD degree, and it was at the University of Alberta. So I was born there. But then we moved as a, as a very young kid. We moved to Halifax because he had switched really? to Dalhousie. And I, I lived in Halifax before moving to New Brunswick, uh, before moving to Kamloops, BC. So all of that was done before I was in the sixth grade, all, all predicated by some shifts that my dad had been making. Um, so I went to high school in Kamloops in the you know, interior of British Columbia mm-hmm. and then decided to go to Victoria for university for to UVic mm-hmm. and did a degree and then to then I moved to Toronto for grad school. Mm-hmm. And um, and after that, you know, when I was in when I was in university and in even in high school, I was one of those people participating in things like model United Nations and debating public speaking. That was sort of my thing. So when I was finishing up at University of Toronto, I happened to see a recruitment um, ad for from the government of Canada for a, um, a, net, a kind of like a fast track development program to mm-hmm. train like managers. And it was, uh, you know, foreign affairs was uh, one of the departments that was um, on the list. So I decided to apply and, and I got accepted after, you know, after some interviews and whatnot. And I ended up um, becoming a real diplomat for Canada. And Amazing. it struck me because I used to pretend to be one when I was doing the Model UN. And I thought, well, now I get to actually, you know, do it for real. And um, yeah, so I spent some time, quite a, quite a number of years in the government. And mm-hmm. um, my, my posting, the last, the last thing I did, I was, I was at the UN for a bit too, but I was in California opening a new consulate for Canada in San Diego, which mm-hmm. is a nice city. It's certainly not a hardship posting by diplomat standards. Um, and it was when I was down there, I really started to take notice of all the innovation and all the tech and all these entrepreneurs. And, you know, this is really when the, you know, companies like Facebook were launching and, and just, you know, growing so quickly. And I kind of got some envy that, you know, why am I, you know, I'm doing something different, but it was all a, a random circumstantial thing in the first place. Like, I think life is just a series of random events. And I happened to, you know, notice a job recruitment for this, you know, working in the foreign service. And, um, I thought, well, I can change that again. Like, why not? Life is short. And that led me to uh, move back to Canada and sort of transition out of um, the foreign service and into the private sector. And the way I transitioned was the government embedded me in the Canadian Venture Capital and Private Equity Association, which is the industry association that all the Canadian VC funds belong to. And the reason they did that was the VC industry at that time was asking for help. Um, they, they weren't having an easy time raising funds and uh, uh, Canadian pension funds and endowment funds and family offices were not really very active investing investors in, in venture capital funds. Mm-hmm. But the government was advising the, the venture capital industry that the world is awash in money. There's money all over the world. And if Canada has such a good story, why don't you raise it from other places? And to that, they asked for some help because they didn't have experience in these international um, business development opportunities, you know, in the Middle East or in in London or in in uh, in the U.S. So I was offered up as their help, <laughs> and so I did that job for a little while. Um, but really, what it allowed me to do was, you know, understand the industry, and make a lot of contacts, and and get to know some some people that are actually still in the industry today, and well, most of them are actually, and doing so so well. And I often think back to when I met them you know, in the, in the mid two thousands, um, 
how 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 much has changed and how well they've done and how they were absolutely in the right place at that time and now um, you know making such huge impact in this industry and as a result those those funds are um, investing in companies across the country those country those companies are using that money to hire a lot of people and create a lot of jobs and wealth and innovation which is what we all want to see happen amazing unique journey I mean I'll call that a Canadian adventure. Um, you know, to go through the government direction of getting into this, which I think is a huge opportunity since, you know, in Canada, probably more than a lot of, well, maybe Europe's similar, but, you know, government and business do have a lot of um, strings where they try to pull for each other in order to really make it globally competitive. And uh, for you to be, you know, in that, that uh, the high echelons of beating the great people, I can see where tech stars would be really excited, um, you know, about, about having you uh, to join them. Well, you know what? I know you also were, um, you, well, you worked at the Canadian Space Agency. Was that through the uh, government as well? Yeah, that was one of my assignments back when I first started. I was sent over to the Canadian Space Agency in just on the suburbs of Montreal and Saint Hubert, uh, Quebec, mm-hmm. and uh, worked with our yeah, worked with the companies. I was always on the business side of all these of all these, uh, even the government roles, even you know, working on the trade side mm-hmm. and, as opposed to um, you know policy and and um, kind of you know advocacy work I wasn't really that wasn't my thing it was more on business, helping companies get access to markets and and mm-hmm. uh, tell their story and sign deals and you know sort of set them up put the golf ball on the tee and let them kind of take a swing <laughs> at it and see if it see if it's a good if it's a good swing um so yeah I, I spent a couple of years in the space agency so and you said it was in Santa Hubert yeah Saint Hubert it's just on you know just on the south shore of Montreal so just, here's a question, just because, I mean, I, I actually went to school in Quebec City. I know Quebec pretty well. Montreal, okay. My mother's from there. But is there a St. Hubert's chicken in St. Hubert then? No, that's a good question. I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think there is. I think I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's where it comes from. I'm, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. But I'm I would sure. imagine. I would imagine. For, the, for those who don't yeah. know, um, who didn't live in every province like, like Sunil, um, St. Hubert's is like a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a... <laughs> Just a chicken, uh, chicken. Uh, yeah. there, there's a whole bunch of them uh, franchise, I guess, but uh, they sure are popular in Quebec. I wish I, I don't know why we don't have them here. Um, yeah, it's like a Swiss chalet. I think it's the Swiss exactly. chalet. Yeah. yeah, I guess maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe that is what it is. Well, well, you know what? This has been so much fun. I guess I knew it was going to be so much fun, but this has been so much fun to learn so much about about the journey. I have these two questions. I mean, the theme of Afternoon Tea, the podcast, is to you know to um, to talk to wonderful Canadian entrepreneurs like yourself um, in order to expedite the next generation of of Canadian founders. So I have these two questions I ask every time. So let me let me just ask them, and uh, I'd love to I'd love to hear your responses. And the first one is: Can you give one piece of advice? And I'm sure you give this a lot with Dexter's, but one piece of advice that you can give that would help younger Canadian founders, like something they should be aware of. Well, I, I'm not, I think my advice is to really question whether you should be a founder. I, I, I'm, I get concerned that there's a lot of um, uh, maybe too much support and too much encouragement for people to do this journey. And I know, I know it's very, a very popular thing to do, but there's a, a, a truly a dark side of, uh, oh, yeah. of going down the path of being an entrepreneur that the chance of success is not that high. And I see it, you know, I've been running this pre-accelerator for a whole bunch of years here called Founder Institute. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, we've had, you know, we've had thousands of entrepreneurs join and with the, with the idea that they're going to launch a startup. And the fact that we only graduate about a quarter of them is, is actually 
to me, one of my, a badge of, of, uh, of, of, um, of honor, because I think it's not the companies that finished, it's the ones that didn't. I actually feel more, more grateful that they joined because in some ways they got to, you know, follow a normal career path with a well-paying job and, and which can lead to so many good things, having, having a family, uh, you know, buying a home, um, having a saving for your financial future. Um, <laughs> this startup life is a really tough one. And we give a lot of false signals as a, as a country, I think, with a lot of uh, programs that are designed with good intentions, but generally just cheerleading. And the harsh reality is, isn't always delivered to these entrepreneurs. So my, my advice to the, to the young entrepreneur is to is to hedge your bets a little bit. Um, it's certainly exciting. I have my own daughter who I I, I, I spoke to her startup club today in her school nice. by Zoom and brought in a couple of my startups. And you know these are all these young and um, ambitious kids uh, interested in startups, which I totally understand why. Um, but I also think you know it's not a bad thing if you don't even go close to this line of work and you you end up working in a you know in a in a good job where you can innovate from within mm-hmm. and earn a living. I mean, I look at the not to not to go off topic here, but I look at house prices and and just cost of living and and how are you, how are how are these entrepreneurs gonna gonna attain that with these very low salaries and this low probability of success and this grueling um, draining process that can that can rob you of every aspect of your life, including money, but more more importantly, your mental health. And so my advice is to just go slowly and um, there's nothing wrong with with stopping a, a tech startup and, and doing something um, more reasonable with your with your life. That is that is so good, especially as you know, everyone's like lifestyle, I'm the tech startup. But at the end of the day, if you are eating as a tech startup, you know, you really need to really need to take care of yourself. And I'm glad you mentioned mental health, because I think that that plays a big role. Um, you know, because a lot of people take it personally when um, maybe the success doesn't come right away when, you know, the reality is, is success comes right away for 2% of the companies, you know, they, they really need yeah, to, those are the ones, to look at the math. And those are the ones we read about. Those are the only ones we exactly. hear about, but we don't hear about all the others. And there are so many. Completely. I, thank you. That's, I think that's really great advice. Well, la- last question. And um that is, can you name um, someone who, you know, you know, I'm going to actually twist it. Who Canadian, what Canadian founder do you want to be speaking at Collision? Who is it that you look up that you want to be speaking at Collision? Oh, okay. Um, well, someone you could help with. We should get Greg Smith from Thinkific because, you know, that's a, that's a well-timed product. Mm-hmm, it's beautifully mm-hmm. done. Um, I, I've been, we've been using it. We actually have a, an account with Techstars and we're using it to train ourselves. I just think the journey is, a, is an interesting one. So that, that's mm-hmm. one. I've never met Greg. I think we're connected on LinkedIn. Good, good choice. Good um, choice. But I also would love to, you know, there's somebody that I would love to meet. I've never met him. And I, I just think the world of him is, is a, you know, Toby Litke from Shopify. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not an easy to access person. He doesn't make the rounds <laughs> like, like some others do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think if I got the story right, I mean, the, the reason he is, the reason Shopify is a Canadian company is because Toby was in a relationship with one of my former colleagues at the, really? um, at the, yeah, at the, at the Canadian embassy in, in, in Germany. And, uh, you know, as all diplomatic postings, uh, do they come to an end and, you know, her, her, she was being sent back to Ottawa. And I think in order for that relationship to carry on, he had to go with her and that's what led to Shopify being an Ottawa based company. I think that's the right story. I don't know. Oh. I, 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 but I would love to have more time with Toby because, 
immigration is, I think, the 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 fuel of why the tech e economy is humming in, in Canada, and particularly in certain cities. It's fueled by immigrants. And my own strategy at Techstars, which is to invest globally, I mean, I'm I'm always um, trying to, to do immigration fast tracks for, for founders um, who want to do it. And I think it's our biggest advantage is our country brand is so strong and the mm -hmm. immigrants are feeling so welcomed here. Um, and, uh, you know, if we could have more people really step up and, and, um, and, and sort of state their belief in that, and, and there's mm -hmm. no better company than Shopify than to, to get some time with, to talk about uh, how that company ended up here in the first place. That's I think that's a lesson for many other startups we could, and, and government policymakers too, that if we, if we um, adjust our immigration policies a little bit, um, I think we can do wonders for the country. But mm. um, unfortunately, unfortunately I, 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 there's a lot of work that has to be done in that area. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, you know what, first off on the Greg Smith, yeah, you know what, I can help with that one. Matt Smith was actually on the podcast, just a couple of his brother, just a couple oh. episodes, who's the founder, not only of Thinkific, but also of Later, another big Vancouver mm -hmm. company. Um, but, you know, just to touch on, you know, the, 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 the romantic side of Canada of how the world sees us. I mean, one thing when I was in Lisbon and I was, I was in Germany just before, just on, on the way for a 10 hour stopover is people ask me, Oh, where are you from? And I said, Canada. And two people said, that's my favorite country in the world. I'm like, really, have you been there? And both of them said, no. So we're doing something right. Cause you know, I, I hope, I hope that, that, that romantic side doesn't lost when they come and visit. I doubt it will be. I think they'll love it even more, but uh, well, that's great. Well, Hey, so, you know, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I, I learned so much. I really enjoyed, you know, learning uh, from you and uh, I look forward to continuing the mission and, and please everyone who's listening, you have to go to Collision in Toronto. It's going to be amazing. And if you have a problem trying to figure out why, come talk to me personally. I am here to sell it because I think it's such an important thing for Canada and such an important thing for, for just us to sing, you know, showcase to the world what we can do. And, and Sunil, thank you for being a big part of that. Um, you know, I can't wait to see you in Toronto soon for that. Oh yeah, I can't wait either. And let's party together. I mean, you you uh, you wore the the, the the incredible Halloween suit to Lisbon on Halloween. I can see you in a in a nice seersucker blue and white summer suit. We'll do something. Maybe maybe rent a yacht or something and and put it on Lake Ontario and and have our friends over. How about that? Let's do this. We 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 are doing that. I'm going to find a good suit for you. I promise. I promise. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode, and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at TTT, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.